The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Today on Curl Call, summer may not have officially started just yet, but things sure are beginning to heat up. We'll take a look at some of the hottest music, movies, and television shows headed your way in the months ahead. From Janet Jackson and James Taylor to Devious Maids, Big Brother, and Luke and Laura, plus Little Yellow Critters and Big Scaly Prehistoric Monsters. That's coming up today on Curl Call. everybody, welcome to another edition of Kroll Call. I'm your host, Dan Kroll. Today we've got a really fun show for you. It is our summer 2015 preview. It's not quite yet summer. A lot of people think that Memorial Day is the unofficial kickoff to summer, so we're getting in on that action by telling you all of the blockbuster films that are heading to your local Cineplex this summer. We'll look at some of the television series, new ones, returning favorites that'll help you bridge the gap between the season finales that took place back in May to all of the new seasons coming up in gosh, all the way in September or October in some cases. So there'll be TV talk. If you are a soap fan, we'll be talking about the summer soap sizzling storylines. Try saying that a couple of times fast. Richard Sims, an entertainment correspondent here on Curl Call and the executive editor of Soaps in Depth magazine. He'll be joining me coming up in just a bit to take that walk through TV and film. But first... It should come as no surprise to anyone who is a regular listener of Kroll Call that we love to talk about music. In fact, coming up on July 3rd, the Independence Day weekend, we have a very special Independence-themed episode of Kroll Call. We're going to be listening to some of the greatest hits from artists who started off in a group before breaking out on their own to become independent as solo artist there will be some really amazing hits i'm working on the playlist now we'll have more information about that on curlcall.com but speaking of independent we have an artist who is scheduled to release some new music sometime this summer not confirmed but she'll be doing it on her new label. The label is called Rhythm Nation. Now, if that doesn't give away who it is, I'm not entirely sure that anything will, so I won't give you any more clues. Janet Jackson is due out with a new album sometime in the fall, but there are reports, rumors, that sometime in the next 30 days she'll be dropping a new single. We have not had any new music from Janet Jackson in a long time. There's even some word that, going back to the the name of the new record label, Rhythm Nation, that this next album may be a little more socially conscious the way that Rhythm Nation was. I know that all of her fans are really looking forward to new music. In fact, we're going to be doing a special episode devoted to Janet Jackson coming up later in the fall when the new album comes out. You definitely, if you are a fan of Janet, want to keep your eyes tuned to CrollCall.com. It's a contest, and you will have the opportunity to win some really cool stuff. 
Keep it locked there. Now, while Janet is a seasoned performer, there is very few in the way of musical artists who are still putting out music who have been around for a substantial period of time. James Taylor released his first album way back in 1968. He has won five Grammys, and in spite of that, he's only had one number one song on the Billboard Hot 100. That's a little surprising, but check this out. He did a tour with Carole King in 2010, and it grossed almost $60 million. So, who needs number one hits? You can have a catalog of hits and still have a tour that makes $60 million. He has a new song out called Montana from his album Before This World. The album itself comes out June 16th. Let's take a listen to just a little bit of Montana. I'm not smart enough for this life I've been living. Little bit slow for the pace of the game. It's not I'm ungrateful for all I've been given, but nevertheless, just the same. I waste to my soul, I was back in Montana, high on my mountain and deep in the snow. James Taylor must like those one-word titles. Remember, he had a hit with Mexico. This was Montana. Again, the album Before This World comes out on June 16th. If you like any of the music that we are talking about today on Crawl Call, head over to CrawlCall.com. We're going to have links so you can easily download all all of the songs that we're talking about, all of the albums, get additional information. We've made it really easy for you, so check that out. From James Taylor to Jason Derulo, who is a judge on the new season of So You Think You Can Dance. We'll talk more about that coming up in our TV preview section a little later in the show. But Jason's fourth album is called Everything Is Four. It's available right now, and the first single off of the album was called Want to Want Me. Let's take a listen. was a track off of Jason Derulo's fourth album, Everything Is Four. The group Florence and the Machine has just released their third album. They are, of course, best known for the song Dog Days Are Over. It was a big hit. I can hear the song. I want to sing it, but I also want you to listen to the rest of the show, so I will refrain. And besides, if I do, the dogs will probably come a-running, and, you know, we don't need to deal with that. Dog Days of Summer, not yet here. Summer of 2015 hasn't yet started, but Florence and the Machine's new album is called How Big, How Blue, How Beautiful. Here is the first single. It is called Ship to Wreck, and I really think that you're going to like this. Let's take a listen.
was Ship to Wreck off of Florence and the Machine's new album, How Big, How Blue, How Beautiful. It's available now. While we're talking about music, a lot of people are talking about the end of a musical phenomenon. American Idol will air its final season starting in January 2016, but let's not rush things along. It is still the summer of 2015, and the Idol format is going strong in a lot of other countries. One of the non-winners of Canadian Idol is one of the biggest pop stars around. Carly Rae Jepsen is best known for Call Me Maybe. It was number one everywhere in 2011. She's back with her third album. It's her first in three years. It doesn't seem quite that long. It is called Emotion. It'll be out June 24th. And the first single is an 80s throwback. And I mean that in the best way. It's poppy. It's catchy. It's called I really like you, and, well, I hope you really like it. Let's take a listen. But I need to tell you something. me. You really, really like me. That was I Really Like You by Carly Rae Jepsen. Her new album, Emotion, is due out June 24th. And that's all the time that we have to listen to music in this segment. But there are some other releases coming out that we definitely at least need to talk about, including new music from Frank Ocean, Grammy nominee, great artist, hasn't had an album out in a couple of years. So really looking forward to that. There's also new music coming from Dad to Be for the second time, Kanye West. It's called Swish. No release date on that yet, nor is there a release date from his often collaborator Rihanna, who's due out with a new album this summer as well. There's also a rumored project from the late Kurt Cobain. A lot of music that was left unfinished before his passing has been remastered, put together. It's going to be on an album, all previously unreleased material. Of course, Kurt is the former frontman for the band Nirvana, so that should be a really interesting project. Looking forward to that. As I said, that's all the time that we have in this segment, but what are some of the albums, what are some of the songs of the summer that you're looking forward to? Let us know on Twitter at Kroll Call Show. Go to our website, krollcall.com. Let us know. We're always looking for new music and new music that we can share with others here on the show. Coming up after the break, we're going to be talking about the TV shows that everyone will be tuning into this summer and also the blockbuster summer hits in the movie theater. Stay tuned because Kroll Call will be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to this week's episode of Kroll Call. We are talking about the summer 2015 preview. Just a little bit ago, we listened to some of the music that is going to be heating up the summer whatever the kids listen to, the radio, the iPod, the streaming playlist, wherever. But it's some great music that's coming up, and we can't just talk about music. So as promised, we have a special guest this week to lead me through the rest of the entertainment world for the summer. We'll be talking about TV, talking about movies, maybe some books, assuming that, you know, you read, and... 
Well, let's just bring him in now. It's the entertainment reporter or correspondent to Kroll Call. He has his own empire of movies and blogs and magazines. Richard Sims, welcome back to Kroll Call. Well, thanks for having me, Dan. I'm, uh, I'm excited to be here. I always enjoy our chat. If I'm not mistaken, I saw you sort of tapping your foot to some of those songs in the last segment. I won't, uh, you know, won't call you out on your dancing, but uh, some good music in 2015. I'm kind of excited. I'm very excited, but I think that 2015 should come with a warning, oh. uh, and, and, and I'm going to give it. This is it's sort of a crossover. If you are a parent who has tweens in your household, you should be prepared because the summer of 2015 is going to be the summer of Teen Beach Movie 2, the sequel to the movie that was such a hit two years ago. And if you, like, a lot of kids listen to Radio Disney, and I assure you, Radio Disney will be playing this music on a loop all summer long. So just prepare for it now, and, and, and everything will be okay. Some of the hottest summer news things that are going on sort of strangely tie into what we were just talking about of course people will be talking about the 19 and counting folks and one of the other things that came not really out of the blue but something that uh, i guess is, is still generating a lot of conversation and it's it's funny because we'll be talking about a fictional version of this coming up later in the show but it's caitlin jenner and, Richard, I have to say that, you know, I, I don't know what we should decide in terms of, uh, you know, whose stories should be put out for the public. There's good, there's bad, there's informational. My concern has always been that because of the reality television fame that Bruce Jenner and the Kardashian family attained years ago, that Caitlyn Jenner's story now may, for some, get lost in all of that uh, reality TV buzz. Thoughts? I think a lot of it is going to depend completely on the direction that Caitlyn's television show takes. You know, I'm, I'm really hopeful that um, Caitlyn's reality show will not be a, a sort of a spin-off of Keeping Up With The Kardashians, that it won't have that same pointless, awful, terrible, you know, that, frankly, I'd like the Kardashians not to be involved at all. I'd like, I'd, I'd actually like for Caitlyn to just spin herself into her own life. Um, so I think, I think really how this moves forward is going to depend a lot on that. I'm very hopeful because I think a lot of us, when we earlier this year watched the Diane Sawyer interview with Bruce, um, I think... A lot of us anticipated that being a really trashy interview. We expected that it was just going to be, you know, just this sort of train wreck. And I think, I think a lot of people, as will happen under these circumstances, tuned in to see that. And we all walked away really impressed with Bruce, as he was then, Caitlin now, uh, with the way that the story was handled with, it was just really, it was filled with class and dignity. And I'm really, really hopeful that despite the fact that this is going to be on E, that it will, you know, the, that the series will have the same sort of vibe, because I think that could go a long way in not only educating people, but also helping people who might be struggling with similar issues. We've really seen a change in the way that reality television portrays 
folks in general over the years. Uh, thinking of the first big reality phenomenon, Survivor, which launched in the summer many, many, many moons ago, and now they're you know, almost up to their 30th season, give or take. Mm-hmm. There are some other reality shows that have just kicked off for the summer new season. So for folks out there who want to tune in, they can certainly catch up relatively quickly without having to binge watch. And I have to say that I think that they are two shows that shine a light on the better part of people. They're not uh, the trashy side. Two that I'm thinking of are So You Think You Can Dance, a, a dance competition show, and MasterChef, a cooking show. Surprise. Both are actually on Fox. And when you think of Fox, I think of things like The Swan, and I think of uh, Who Wants to Marry Harry... Prince Harry Potter, whatever it was called. <laughs> you know, you think of a lot of bad shows, but not all reality TV shows are bad. And, and these are two that I think people really will want to tune into this summer. What's amazing about So You Think You Can Dance and what has always separated So You Think You Can Dance is um, it, it starts from the very beginning with the audition process. If, you know, when, when So You Think You Can Dance first started, it was sort of thought of as American Idol for dance. And the difference became clear to people who were paying attention immediately in that the criticism that was given to the various um, participants was not cruel. It was not intentionally hurtful. There was no Simon Cowell. There was honesty. And, you know, and if someone came up and they were just making a fool of themselves, then the panel had no problem telling them so. But they, but they also did something that you rarely saw in American Idol, and that was they offered actual constructive criticism. They talked about you know, ways to improve the dance, and, and, and they talked about their lines, and they didn't just sit there and say, oh, that was horrible. And I think that struck such a nerve. And it's, it's always bothered me that So You Think You Can Dance has never achieved the popularity of American Idol, because honestly, I think So You Think You Can Dance is by far the better show. One of the other shows that is on our list of must-see TV for the summer is from someone who started off with a very segmented audience. No one really had heard of him. And now, Tyler Perry has found success pretty much everywhere. You can't go anywhere without seeing Medea or hearing about one of his projects. Richard, the have and have nots is something that you're telling everyone they need to tune in to see this summer. What if they miss the first couple of episodes or the first um, couple of know- seasons? The Haves and Have Nots is not a difficult show to get into. It it, it, it returns on Tuesday, June 30th. Uh, it's it's a very, very slow-moving show, to be honest. Um, it has the same pace. As, it almost has the pace of a daily show as opposed to a weekly show. Uh, and it's one of those things that I love about it that when you and I talk soaps, we often talk about how um, they don't daytime soaps don't sort of take the time with scenes that they used to. Scenes are much quicker, edits are much quicker. The have and have not scenes can go on like five minutes, uh, sometimes longer. Uh, And time moves relatively slowly. But it's a great traditional old-fashioned soap. Yes, some of the actors are not necessarily the best you're ever going to see, but the dialogue is fantastic, and it goes places that daytime soaps won't go. It deals with race relations um, very, very realistically. It, it writes, you know, all of its characters um, in in sort of what I like to call a colorblind sense. Uh, it's just it's just phenomenal television in that it 
is familiar. It's instantly familiar as a as the serialized format, but at the same time, it's completely different in that it it's it's sort of almost a, a hyper serial in that it, it 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 delves so much deeper into everything. It's it's I, I have to admit I've long thought of Tyler Perry as being like this you know this 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 trash factory. He just pumps out all this stuff, and I all of a sudden I've started paying attention to him because of both haves and have nots, and uh, if loving you is wrong, his other soap opera which just ended its season, and both are on own. So Oprah has some bona fide hits here. Which is ironic, given that, you know, you'll remember when All My Children and One Life to Live were being taken off the air and fans went to Oprah and said, please save our shows. She had no interest in soaps. And now, not only are these bona fide hits, but Haves and Have Nots and If if Loving You Is Wrong are the highest rated shows on her network. I mean, they're huge hits for her. They are big money makers. So, so take, it, it's ironic. Paging Alanis Morissette. Now, you talked about things in terms of soaps where some go really fast, some take a long time. I'm of the opinion that Devious Maids is really quite zippy. I don't necessarily know that it has all of the stuff that would. It, it doesn't really have the grout to keep the tiles together necessarily. It's more of a, a free-floating type of show, but I find Devious Maids really, really funny. It's back for, what, its third season. It's moved to Mondays on Lifetime, and, you know, Richard, for me, I like the idea of being able to watch an hour show and not always having to pay attention to every single detail. I like having the ability of having watched soap since the dawn of time of, you know, I know where things are going. This is essentially a primetime soap. But sometimes Devious Maids does things that other shows can't get away with. I'm thinking of the first episode. If you haven't tuned in yet for this season, you're only down one episode. and You can watch that probably anytime on demand or check it out online. But there were, you know, some comments about uh, erectile dysfunction. And rather than maybe, oh, God, poor choice of words, beating around the bush. (laughs) (laughs) Rather than beating around the bush, they really beat the bush even more by saying, you know, having some problems and said in in the penis area. So, I mean, it's things that don't go. If you are a fan who like Golden Girls, this is Mark Cherry. This is from his mind. It's got a bit of Desperate Housewives in there. It's got a bit of soap. It's... I really enjoy it, and I'm so glad that it was able to come back for another season. And, you know, they have some new behind-the-scenes people that are really paying attention to it this year, so I hope that it continues its success. I agree. I think it's. I think it's a fun show. I think it's a. You know, it's. It's got more than a little Desperate Housewives. It really, basically, is a Desperate. It's. It's exactly the same show, really, just uh, focusing on maids instead of um, the women of Wisteria Lane. And they're going to get a little hunk alert this season too, because Nathan Owens, who played Cameron on Days of Our Lives, who you may remember was doctor by day, stripper by night, in order to pay his uh, his medical uh, school bills, he's actually joining the cast as a new maid um, so that should be really fun and they've already kicked off a fun little mystery at the end of this season so yeah I agree I think it's you're right it's not something you have to pay a huge amount of attention to it's one of those shows that I sometimes put on in the background although to its credit I will say that like if I'm in the other room doing the dishes there are times when I'll hear what's going on run back into the room hit the rewind so I can see what's going on it's it's a fun little show 
Fun fact, Nathan J. Owens once hoisted me into the air at the daytime Emmys. Just, you know. <laughs> Lucky you. <laughs> Granted, I only weigh, what, you know, 100 pounds, wet. And Nobody so likes a bragger. <laughs> Nobody likes a bragger. Nobody likes to be watched 24-7 either, Richard, but that's the whole point of Big Brother, the... It's a reality series. We you know, could have lumped this together when we talked about So You Think You Can Dance and MasterChef. It's a show that I will admit, surprisingly with my affinity for reality television, I've never gotten into the Big Brother. This is your chance to sell me on it. This is what, Big Brother 412? How many seasons are we in, Richard? This is its 17th season, and, and wow. what's interesting about this is that unlike shows like Survivor, which, you know, yes, it's approaching its 30th season, but it's really only been on, like, you know, however many years, Big Brother only airs in the summer, so this is its 17th year as well. Um, the secret to Big Brother, really, every single year, it, and it's sort of the same thing as Survivor, it depends on who the contestants are, how good it is, and how, how or how good it's not. Last season was a little, you know, wasn't the best season. Um... Every single year I say, this is the year I am not going to watch, because it's on like, you know, I don't know, seven times a week, no, it's on three days a week, and it's it's a real time commitment if you're going to watch every episode. Uh, One of the things that's different this year, it sort of started last year, Uh, last year, um, Big Brother After Dark, which airs from, I believe, midnight to 2 or 3 a.m., and it's supposed to be like this uncensored look at what goes on in the house live, because it is broadcast live. And this year, it's being broadcast on POP, the same network that just did the daytime Emmys. Last year, it was on TV Guide Network, which is what POP was before it morphed in. The problem is that when when this was invented, when they started Big Brother After Dark five or six years ago, and when they started it, it aired on Showtime. So it was truly an uncensored look. I mean, you saw and heard things that that, that, uh, you will not hear and see on Big Brother. But because it's on, you know, basic cable now, because it's on pop, it's not quite as uncensored as it once was. But we don't really know what the twist this year is. There's always a big twist. We don't know who the cast members are going to be this year. They should be announcing that sometime in the next week or so. The one thing we do know, which makes every Big Brother fan groan every single year, is that Julie Chen is back. So uh, so there's just no escaping the Chen bot. Dating the president has its privileges. Completely. Yeah, as long as he's not parking your car. <laughs> <laughs> oh, if only I had something smaller than a hundred. Oh, uh, poor thing. You know, we figured that out. Just, you know, we figured that out. Uh, for those who don't know, TMZ happened to be interviewing Les Monvez when, who is the husband of Julie Chen, when he was getting his car from a valet, and he reached into his pocket, and he had, like, a, a wad of hundreds, and he said to the valet, oh, sorry, you know, I can't, um, I don't have anything about a hundred, I'll get you next time. And the valet was cool, Gal was like, you know, whatever. We were thinking about it in the office, and Les Monvez makes $67 million a year, and that's not counting the money he makes, that his wife makes, off the shows that he has put her on, Big Brother in the talk. And so if you figure that out, the hundreds in his pocket were the equivalent of a dime to someone who makes $67,000 a year. So it's like, dude, throw the guy a hundred bucks. <laughs> you know, it's nothing to you. It's a-, a dime. According to my Kroll Call calculator, that's $183,561.64 a day. So... Yeah, he could have afforded the the hundred, or even said, eh, "Give me a five." All pack. that I don't know. All that money to give us blue blood? Come on. <laughs> now we shouldn't really be whispering about this on the show, which 
We should be talking about The Whispers, a new show on ABC. Some segues work, some don't. Who cares? Uh, The Whispers is, it's only one episode in, again, so if you have not yet checked it out, it also airs on Mondays, just like uh, uh, Devious Maids. You can set your DVR to make sure that you catch all of them. But The Whispers is, we haven't really quite gotten to what it's about. Short version, and spoiler alert, but not really, there are kids in case this... you haven't seen one of the 7,000 <laughs> commercials every hour. <laughs> it's a town. There are kids. And one of these kids had a imaginary friend sitting, talking, blah, 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 blah. As many of us had, I talked to dead people when I was little. We'll talk about that in a future show. But this little girl, her mom comes and sees her and says, who's your friend? She goes, oh, you can't see him, blah, 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 blah. Fast forward. There's a mystery voice. There's a mystery person who supposedly communicates through the lights. And it's telling kids that they're playing a game and that they have to do some really bad things. That's as much as I can give away without giving away some plot points. The good news is the bad thing that I'm talking about happens within the first segment of the first episode of The Whispers. So you want to check it out. It has some really familiar names in terms of stars. Lily Robb, who you may know from the American Horror Story franchise. I dislike her cousin, Broccoli Robb, but <laughs> <laughs> Barry Sloan from Revenge is also in. So you'll, and, and there's, I don't really like cutesy kid actors. Like the, the Welch's Grape Juice commercial girl who was, I love Welch's Grape. Don't like little cute kids, but no, 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 no. As long as the strudel kid isn't in that kid from the toaster strudel commercial, who's so creepy. <laughs> The opinions expressed on this show are, you know, the truth. Um, But there are a lot of cute children on this show. Richard, have you checked out The Whispers? Is it on your list? Do you want to see it? Are you going to binge watch it going further in? What's the verdict? I taped it. I have not seen it yet. I did see the first five minutes, which they they actually put online, which I thought was very smart. They put it online about two weeks before the show debuted. I thought it was smart because when I originally heard about this show, I was intrigued. I liked the idea of it. Then I saw the commercials, and the commercials didn't really do anything for me. They Mm -hmm. they sort of were like, you know, okay, I already knew this, but, but they were being careful not to give anything away. And I think they kind of picked up on the fact that there wasn't as much buzz about this as they were hoping. And so they put the first five minutes on, and it ends with that terrible thing that you were talking about. And I thought that was really smart. So, yeah, I am interested. And, and just to backtrack for one second before we go, what I, before we make the segue that I'm pretty sure we're going to make after the whisper, um, if you are watching, uh, the, another thing to watch on Monday night after you watch Devious Maids is stay on Lifetime for Unreal, which is basically behind the scenes at The Bachelor. I mean, they can't tell technically call it The Bachelor, but that's exactly what it is, and it is so much fun, and if you're a fan of reality television in general, or The Bachelor in particular, and you want to see, uh, you know, sort of a peek behind the scenes, this is the show for you. It's, it's fantastic. We are coming up to the end of this segment, but here's a list of some of the other shows that Richard and I are recommending for your summer viewing, Becoming Us. Starts June 8th on ABC Family. It is a story about a young couple that is dating, and they each have parents who are transgender. Uh, Followed by The Fosters, which is a a hit. It's coming back also June 8th on ABC Family. Defiance, June 12th on Sci-Fi. Halle Berry is back on Extent on CBS July 1st. It's the second season. Hannibal is coming back on NBC, one of the few really true hits that they've had in the past couple of seasons. Major Crimes, another one of those reliable summer shows. TNT, June 8th. Mistresses, 
ABC, June 18th, Orange is a New Black is coming back. Power, the series from 50 Cent, is coming back for another season on Stars starting June 6th. Rookie Blue, which I think has been around for four or five years now, it's coming back starting June 25th on ABC. On MTV, Scream, it is based on the very famous horror movie franchise. And The Strain on FX starts July 12th. If you remember, they were the ones that had the billboards with the creepy things coming out of people's eyeballs. And that's always a good time. Richard, we have about 10 seconds. Any shows that you can think of that I've left off that list? No, I think it was a pretty good list. I do want to say we just got our first look, and if you haven't seen it yet, go online and you'll find pictures of the mask from Scream, which starts on June 30th. And uh, the mask apparently gives some de- some hints as to the story that's going to unfold. Well, this movie that it was based upon Scream was a wildly popular film. We're going to be talking about some films that may be wildly popular this summer coming up. Stay tuned. Our summer preview 2015 will continue on Curl Call in just a second. Hey, so fans, are you looking for the inside scoop on your favorite daytime drama series? Well, for 20 years now, soap fans have looked no further than SoapCentral.com. EverydaySoapCentral.com has comprehensive daily recaps of all the happenings on your favorite soap operas. You can take a peek ahead with the scoop for spoilers and previews or share your thoughts with other soap fans from around the world on our bustling message boards. If you're looking for a little history or just looking to settle a bet with a friend, check out hundreds of character profiles and actor biographies. Now you'll know who slept with who, who's related to who, and of course, who's come back from the dead the most times. Plus, there are exclusive interviews, red carpet coverage of the daytime Emmy and much, much more. So whether you're watching The Young and the Restless, Days of Our Lives, General Hospital, or The Bold and the Beautiful, or if you're reflecting on some of the soaps that are no longer with us, SoapCentral.com will keep you tuning in tomorrow. Now let's get back to more of this week's Crawl Call. This is a summer of love and the love of God. Everybody, welcome back to our summer preview 2015 on Kroll Call. I'm your host, Dan Kroll. We are joined by our entertainment correspondent, Richard Sims. Richard, welcome back, even though, you know, neither one of us has really gone anywhere. Oh, I did. I teleported. <laughs> well, we'll figure out where you went maybe later in the show, but we've talked about music. We've talked about television. We are now talking about plunking down $20 for some popcorn or soda and a movie ticket, summer blockbusters for 2015. Richard, what are your general thoughts about this movie season? Usually, you know, people talk about there are a lot of blockbusters coming. It seems to me that there are a couple of really, really huge films, but this doesn't look like it's going to be a year where a big blockbuster opens up every single weekend. I think that's true, and I kind of hope that that's going to give way to um, opening the field up for some of the smaller films. There are a couple of films coming out, one of which I'm going to talk about a little bit, that, um, you know, in a normal big blockbuster summer with a new big thing coming out every two minutes might get overlooked, and I'm hoping that some of them might get more attention than they normally would. I I mean, I honestly, it's, it's, it's ironic. I'm not a big fan of huge summer blockbusters, to be honest, but... Uh, they 
tend to be, there tend to be one or two of them every summer that are the movies I will actually go to the movies for. I never go to the movies. I hate movie audiences. I wait for everything to come out on DVD. But there are at least a couple this season that will definitely get me to go to a movie theater. Well, I think I figured out where you teleported to during the commercial because I smell sort of something very sulfury. I'm thinking that you went back to the age of dinosaurs, which is perfect because maybe you know what's going to happen with Jurassic World. Comes out June 12th. It is the fourth installment of the Jurassic Park series. The original, ooh, I feel really old. The original Jurassic Park came out in 1993. Oh, isn't that awful? <laughs> it makes me... <laughs> It makes me feel really old. That's Are any of the cast members still alive? <laughs> I don't know that we're still alive. I think we're on some sort of DNA cloning. This is one of probably the biggest and most anticipated movies of the summer, Jurassic World. Um, I, I've got to say, it, it, they, I think that they've waited long enough to be able to bring this back and have it still be uh, anticipated for people who saw the originals and yet something completely brand new for the kids. Well, okay, I am a huge fan of Jurassic Park, the original movie, uh, the book, uh, which if you've never read the original Jurassic, Jurassic Park, make it a beach read. It's a fantastic read, and it's very similar to the movie, but there are enough differences in it that you'll find it a great read. I can't read. But, oh, I know, I know, and that's, that's tragic, and it's kind of hard to understand for somebody who runs a successful website, but, you know, whatever. Um, uh, but, but, but Jurassic World... Uh, they had to wait a while for this one to come out because the third movie was so bad. I mean, I will watch it anytime it's on. I just watched it two or three weeks ago when it was on, like, uh, AMC or something. But it's not a good movie. This I'm really excited about because it sort of takes things to the next level. The basic story here is that it's it's it's... The idea that in the original Jurassic Park was that they were going to open an amusement park with you know dinosaurs as the star attractions, and of course everything went terribly wrong, and they never actually got to do that. Well, here Jurassic World has opened. It's basically Disney World, you know, and we all know I love Disney. So the idea of them opening a theme park like Disney World and the attractions eating the guests is awesome to me. <laughs> it's like I cannot wait to see this movie. This is one of the two movies this summer that will get me into the theater. I'm dying to see this. Um, and it's, it's, you know, it's got Chris Pratt, who it must be awesome to be Chris Pratt right now, because if you think about it, when Chris Pratt first came to, like, my attention, basically, was on Parks and Recreation. And he was sort of this, like, you know, chubby, doofy guy. Now he's, like, this hot guy who's, you know, posing on the cover of Entertainment Weekly and being the action star of the moment with Guardians of the Galaxy and, uh, and, and, and this. I just think he has got to be loving life right now. And I'm really looking forward to this one. You know, there is always, it seems, a summer movie that is really geared towards kids, but turns out being one of those movies that appeals to pretty much everyone, whether they want to admit it or not. We first met little yellow critters known as Minions in Despicable Me. They now have their own full-fledged movie called, wait for it, Minions! Minions. <laughs> it opens July 10th in theaters. Now, the, the general sort of... Uh, summary that I've got for the movie is that we're following minions from their evolution as single-celled yellow little organisms, and then we find them wanting to serve some of the most evil people in history. From dinosaurs, which is a great segue from the Jurassic World, they try to serve a T-Rex, they try to help Napoleon, 
And when they don't find anyone that really wants to take advantage of their minion powers and their devious ways, they sort of go into a deep depression, which, you know, who can't relate to being depressed when you don't have someone to do your bidding for you? Well, in this case, they fast forward and they find the world's first ever supervillainess named Scarlet Overkill. Love the name. Um... I have to say, you know, the minions are funny, even though they don't even speak a real word of dialogue. They're just sort of eeping and meeping and, and wiggling. I'm going to be probably their opening night, Richard. Sounds like a really I, good movie. I'm going to have to say, um, you have already said more than I even know about minions. I have never seen a Despicable Me movie. <gasps> I will say my office wife's son is obsessed with them. And so on. I have one. I have a drawing of one that he did <laughs> right here next to me at my office. But, yeah, I, I don't know anything about minions. So... Um, I'm going to have to completely respect your opinion on this one. Well, that gives a good segue to the next big movie, respecting people's opinions. Uh, there are people who are, oh, this is going to be, the, no word that I can pick for this is going to be a good word, but we'll call them purists, people who believe that everything needs to be exactly the way that it was written. And the movie Fantastic Four Masterminds is coming out. It is an updated version of Fantastic Four. And apparently, people are upset in 2015, mind you, that they've decided to make the Human Torch portrayed by an African-American actor. People who are saying that there shouldn't be a black superhero. And oh, for the Richard, people are stupid. Well, people are stupid. <laughs> you know, um, if that's all you have to worry about, that you know, that you're going to go on the internet and and get worked into a tizzy over the fact that that they are doing colorblind casting of superheroes, then you know, if if, if you happen to follow me on Twitter, just unfollow me. I don't have time for you. You're you're just too dumb. <laughs> Oh, former All My Children actor Michael B. Jordan, who has really been earning rave reviews in his movies, Fruitvale Station, uh, he's going to be in the new Rocky spinoff, and, you know, he, he went to Twitter, or and to EW, and went to a whole bunch of different places to address these people who were hating, and said, just in, in part, he said, to the trolls on the internet, I want to say, get your head out of the computer. Go outside and walk around, look at the people walking next to you, look at your friends' friends and who they're interacting with, and just understand this is the world we live in. It's okay to like it. Um, more than anything else, I, I think the last one, it's okay to like it. There are so many people who I think that they feel that their, their place in the world is to hate everything and not find the positive. Mm -hmm. um, but again, I have to say... I believe what his I believe what he said. Long story short, is oh, just unfollow me. <laughs> kind of. I, I just. I mean, I don't know. Um, I, I don't necessarily know the Fantastic Four is going to be a movie that I need to go and see opening weekend. I'm very excited that it's coming out. I, I'm certainly really uh, s there to support Michael B. Jordan from you know the days of of him being in soaps. It opens August fourth in theaters. I just think there's a, the part of me that feels it's absolutely ridiculous to even have to mention this in 2015 for him to even have to say hey you know 
get over it. Eh? I, I could not agree more. And while that's going to be your superhero movie of the summer, I've got my own superhero movie of the summer. Oh. And it's actually a real-life superhero. Um, you may remember that in 2013, um, there was a little boy named Miles Scott who was fighting leukemia. He's currently in remission. Um, but at the time, he was fighting leukemia. And the Make-A-Wish Foundation, um, his wish was he wanted to be a superhero for the day. And so the Make-A-Wish Foundation decided that they were going to do this. They were going to like basically transform San Francisco into Gotham City for the day. And they went on Twitter and they got, you know, they thought that they were looking for people to help them do this. And they got just this huge outpouring. I mean, I, I literally just got goosebumps just remembering this day. They got this huge outpouring uh, from people who wanted to help this kid, you know, make this dream come true. And so he spent the day, it was November, no, November 15th, 2013, and he spent the day, like, going around San Francisco defeating superheroes and hang, or supervillains and hanging out with superheroes. And they've made a movie of this. Um, um, it's, it's a documentary called Bat, Bat Kid Begins, and it opens on June 20th. And for me, this is going to be the superhero movie of the summer, and I really, really hope that, you know, people find time between going to watch Rampaging Dinosaurs and, you know, Black uh, Torches and, and, and anything else that they go out. I really hope people take the time to, to see this, because it's such a joyous, uplifting story to see, you know, just so many people come together for such an awesome thing. I think we all know I'm kind of a heartless human being, and mm -hmm. this story makes me weep. I'm, I'm just so excited about it. Well, while Richard goes to find some facial tissue to wipe his eyes, one other movie that is coming out that people are talking about, Terminator Genesis, comes out July 1st. If the Jurassic Park thing made you feel old by mentioning it was originally from 1993... Don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> the original Terminator came out in 19... 84. So <laughs> do the math while we are going to break. We're going to have more about all of these movies and more on our website, CrawlCall.com, and on our Twitter feed, at CrawlCallShow. We'll be back to talk about some summer soap previews when Crawl Call continues. Sorry, Richard, didn't mean to make you cry. <laughs> We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to our Summer Preview 2015 here on Curl Call. If you are just tuning in, where have you been? But you've missed us talking about summer TV, summer music, and summer movies. Fear not, though. As we move into the rest of the show, you can listen to all the things that you've missed in our archives at CrollCall.com. In fact, you can listen to any of the shows that we've put together so far. Many of them include my next guest, who is the guest from all of the previous segments. <laughs> he is Richard Sims, our entertainment correspondent here on Crawl Call. Richard, what do you say that, you know, I mean, I think that we do everything well, but why don't we go and talk about something that we do really well? No, Ooh, not food, yeah. but soaps. It is a summer soap preview, and, you know, let everybody know what is your, we talked about superheroes in the last segment, but what is your day job? Where do people know you from? 
I don't work. <laughs> oh, oh, that. Oh, well, see, I don't consider it work because I get to go every day and I sit in an office with my best friend and watch soap operas. And you probably have seen me on Twitter live tweeting them on either Soaps in Depth CBS or Soaps in Depth ABC because I work for Soaps in Depth magazine. Okay, well then, Mr. Soap Person, and of course, I also in the day world do the SoapCentral.com website. Everything. Everything you see there, it's pretty much me. So let's start with the fact that summer storylines on Soaps, Richard, typically will involve the younger set, the younger folks. And that is definitely going to be the case, at least in, in part, on The Bold and the Beautiful. Newcomer Nicole is going to be involved in two fairly different storylines. We're going to have her parents coming back to town to talk to her sister Maya. And she's going to have a new love, potentially, Someone who she doesn't know, but we know, uh, explain it. There's a, there's a lot of name gaming going on in that storyline. What's really fun about this is um, they're going to be bringing back the character of Zendi. And you may remember that Zendi is the adopted son of Kristen Forrester and her husband, Tony Dominguez. And... Um, he comes back to town, and he basically wants to work at the family company, but he, they, they, he doesn't want to be treated differently. So he doesn't let people know that he's related to the Forrester family. And uh, he meets Nicole, and of course Nicole doesn't know he's a Forrester, and they're both working at Forrester. With, uh, there are several other people who are also going to be interns over the summer, and wacky chaos and, of course, summer romance will unfold for them. And I think it's going to be fun. I think it'll be, you know, um, they've given Nicole a little while for us to get to know her, um, I'm kind of surprised. I, I kind of wish they were pursuing the Wyatt thing, but but you know I think there might have been a little bit of reaction because so many people when Nicole came on, it felt like they introduced her as really really young and that Wyatt yeah. was too old for her. And I think people didn't necessarily react well to that. And because Bold and Beautiful doesn't film six months or two years in advance, they could actually make adjustments. And so I think this will be a fun story for her, and I I look forward to that. Plus, and like you said, bringing on her parents and expanding the Avant family and exploring the past and, and you know, how the family um, has sort of separated in some ways since they found out that, you know, since Myron uh, trans transitioned into Maya. Should be a fun story for the Avant family. And it is bringing back a character that is already existing on canvas, although we haven't seen Zendi for 10 years. That's always a good idea. Uh, you know, 10 years, though, is nothing compared to, what, 37 years that we've seen Tony Geary play Luke Spencer on General Hospital. And it's all coming to an end this summer. Womp womp. <laughs> this is not exactly... While it's a great summer story preview... Richard, I, I have to say, it's not necessarily one that a lot of people are looking forward to because we're getting rid of the iconic and 7,000-time Emmy winner, Tony Geary. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's a difficult situation. You know, Tony Geary wanted a story, um, you know, about a year or so ago. He, he kind of was talking to Frank Valentini, and the executive producer, and and he... You know, he'd been on for so long, he basically felt like he had done everything. And so they, they gave him this really incredibly challenging story, the fluke story. Once you've done that, once you've done something that, you know, literally explores the entire history of your character, what's left to do? Um, and so he is, you know, he doesn't like to call it retiring. And the show certainly hopes that he will at least make, you know, appearances every now and then. But they're about to set off on an 
epic story that will really tie in Luke's past. Laura is coming back for it. For it. We now know that uh, Emma Sams is coming back as Holly. And um, keep your eyes open because in the next week or so, you're going to hear some other big names from the past. Um, people have been guessing at some of them. and uh, But you're going to get confirmation and hear about some big names coming that are going to tie into this. And it's going to be a really, it sounds like it's going to be a really nice exit story for Tony Geary and the character of Luke. Days of Our Lives is also bringing back a lot of its famous, influential characters, you know, from the, the 80s and 90s there. It's, I think everybody who's ever been on the show is coming back. It's really gearing up towards the show's 50th anniversary, which is later in the year, but the new writing team that was hired, their new stories will start to unfold on screen by the end of the summer. In the meantime, though, Richard... Uh, what do people have to look forward to on days from the previous writing team that may or may not have been you know, successful in some of the most recent stories? Why do people need to continue to tune in until these big 50th anniversary stories? Because November is coming. Well, there's that. Um, yeah, um, I mean, there are things on the canvas. You know, everybody is not always going to be happy. I've, I've always said the hardest job in the world is that of a soap-head writer because your job is to make everyone in the audience happy and no two people in the audience want the same thing. But, you know, at any given time, there are good things unfolding on even the worst canvas. You know, no matter how unhappy you are with a soap, there is, generally speaking, going to be something on it that you can find that will make you happy. I'm looking forward to, um, over the next uh, couple of weeks, we're going to see sort of the rivalry between Jennifer and Eve ramp up. Um, Eve, Eve is one of those classic characters who creates horrific situations for herself, and then when they collapse around her, she doesn't blame anyone else. Yeah, I mean, she doesn't blame herself. She looks for other people to blame. So somehow, the fact that she slept with JJ is Jennifer's fault. You know, that's, of course it is. So she's going to set uh, up a, a little plan that's going to involve a character you might not expect getting roped in. So there's that. Plus, there's, um, there's, there's a lot of setup going on because, you know, we're investing more in, for example, Hope and Aiden. We're investing in them, and we all know Bo is coming back in the fall. So, you know, I, I kind of think of this in a weird way as the summer of setup as we move toward the big anniversary. The Young and the Restless has a lot of things that have been set up. We have doubles. We have people who really aren't doubles, but no one knows that they're actually someone else. We have people who may or may not be pregnant with someone else's child. We've got good. We've got bad. There's a, a story with a, a possible gay romance subtext. There's a lot going on on The Young and the Restless. What's going to happen, though? What is it that's going to have fans talking this summer, Richard? Well, I mean... The, probably one of the biggest fan bases out there, um, or two of the biggest fan bases, are those of Devon and Hillary mm -hmm. and Lillian Kane. And both of those fan bases are going to have big things coming up because um, Devon and Hillary are going to start moving toward a wedding, but they're going to run into it's not going to be quite as easy as they had hoped. You know, they've been through, uh, they've done the whole secret love, and they've they've been through quite a bit to get to where they are. But they may not, you know, can they actually make it to the altar before you know as they're dealing with some of these um, big things that are about to pop up in their lives. And for Lillian Kane, well, we've seen trouble brewing there for a little while. Michael has been pushing 
uh, has been pushing Lauren sort of closer to Kane. He's de- Michael is dealing with his cancer and the effect it's had on his his life and his sex drive. And you know, Lauren's this big lusty lady, big lusty lady. It makes her sound like you know Dolly Parton in the best little <laughs> whorehouse in Texas. Uh, and and that whole situation over the next couple of weeks is just going to completely explode. And what's interesting is it's going to do so in a way. Um, you know, sometimes you can just kind of guess where a soap story is going. People have already started guessing where this story is going, and it's going to go somewhere completely different. So there's that to look forward to. And the other thing is, um, you know, the the Yak story, um, which is what a lot of people on the Internet have been calling fake Jack, is sort of building to a critical mass because... You know, Victor brought this guy in and in typical Victor fashion thought that he could rule the world and keep this guy under control and all that. But circumstances are slowly but surely spiraling out of his control. And, you know, from what we're hearing about Marco, which is the real name of Jack's double, he's kind of a dangerous dude and Victor might have gotten in over his head. So um, it seems like there's a real big, you know, kind of life or death struggle in the future on that front. If you are a soap fan, and you should be, know that there are some wonderful soap stars coming up in the weeks ahead here on Crawl Call. Next week from General Hospital, Brittany Sarpy will be here to talk about her new role as Valerie. On June 19th, Kelly Kruger will be here. She's going to talk a little bit about her wedding plans. She'll give you some ideas for your own wedding plans and she'll have some summer style tips. So if you want to look good at the beach or if you want to look good on a summer night out on the town, definitely want to tune in on June 19th. And also Christy Ferris, Noah from Passions, also from Pops Queens of Drama. She will be here as well in the weeks ahead to talk about all of the on-screen drama that you've seen on Queens of Drama. In the meantime, Richard, I have to thank you. It's always great having you here. Thanks for having me. I'm always glad to. All right, gang, that is it for today. Remember, if you missed any part of the show, listen to it in the archives at CrollCall.com. Follow us on Twitter at CrollCallShow. We'll be back next week with more of all the things that we do. So the next time the phone rings, here we go, pick it up. It could be the Crawl Call. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.